Today's episode of No Dunks is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. I'll tell you what, man. This in real life, you're doing some prison time. This is extortion code 2C something. I know it's a criminal code that extortion is illegal in the States. I don't know why it's not illegal here in Fiji. Welcome to No Buffs, the only Survivor podcast concerned about Yule's missing hands. It's Thursday, April 23rd, and we're recapping the 11th episode of Survivor Winners at War, so watch your spoilers. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us here by the fire, Tass Mellis. Yasure Tony! <laughs> Tony's kind of Greek, sort of. <laughs> kind we of. got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! 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 The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Thanks for joining us on No Buffs. We're going to once again tackle this episode scene by scene, but the key takeaway from episode 11 is that Tony may have just had the greatest individual episode in Survivor history am i exaggerating trey kirby is there a case to be made put it in the survivor hall of fame i'm sure jeff probst has one somewhere and i'm sure he'd be okay inducting this episode from tony because (laughs) he dominated it socially he dominated it physically he dominated it idly and he dominated it from an entertainment standpoint it was everything you could want from an episode of survivor from one guy uh he was incredible yeah it is wild again we'll go through this scene by scene but tony within one episode found an idol rounded up six fire tokens to get out of a weird new extortion disadvantage, which then allowed him to play in the immunity challenge to win that again. Then he comes up with a last minute plan to vote Sophie out, who by the way, had an idol in her pocket. And and like you said, the entertainment factor alone, get rid of all that other stuff he had just done. This guy was TV gold. According to Rob has a website, Tony had 18 confessionals in this episode (laughs) alone. People go entire seasons and get half that. Um, the guy, the guy was absolutely amazing. So yeah, I think, uh, I think he's on the short list as again maybe one of the greatest individual episodes because he just was the entire episode. It was all Tony. It was the Tony Hour, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I was trying to right, decide so, if it, if it was an eighty-one point game or a hundred point game. I mean, wow, <laughs> was this Kobe or Wilt? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, unstoppable. I think it's Kobe because we're not really sure Wilt ever even happened, right? <laughs> right. We saw Whoa. Kobe's happen. Right, exactly. So. Yeah, and it's the modern era. This has got to be a Kobe performance. Just coming up clutch time and time again. Oh, my God. Does that make Sophie like Jalen Rose or something? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's right. Sam Mitchell, maybe? Yeah. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, the first scene from episode 11, uh, night 25. We start on night 25 right after Tribal Council with Jeremy back at camp. Uh, This was pretty cool. Um, The first words from this episode, by the way, are, I'm not going to edge with an advantage in my pocket. That's Jeremy saying that, but wow, is that some foreshadowing oh, yeah. right there with what ultimately <laughs> led to Sophie going to Edge with an idol in her damn pocket, or I guess in her crotch, to be more specific. <laughs> her prison um, wallet. Yeah. We get, we get like the rest of the crew coming back and finding Tony at the fire, and I was amazed because we get like Tony and a lot of them going, hey man, why'd you get up and leave? <laughs> Even though they were going to vote his ass out. Like, they had the nerve to be like, hey, man, you really screwed up our plan. Well, obviously it was the right thing to do, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. I thought that scene with Ben was hilarious where they were basically arguing like, yeah, I had to go home. You were going to vote me out. 
No, you could have stayed around. No, I was going to vote you out. No, you're the biggest threat. No, you're the biggest threat. It was great. Also coupled with when they first got back and everybody just gives Jeremy the cold shoulder. Like, we're not telling you what happened. We're just going to not talk to you for the next 14 days. I wonder how long that silence actually lasted. Because, I mean, it was still nighttime by the time they were chatting uh, with Ben there by uh, the wooden stuff. I don't don't get that the other contestants don't seem to respect any move by their opponents. Because if you go back to when Sarah gave up her... um, food uh you know benefit there the win to uh, nick for his birthday people mm-hmm. hated that move tony goes out there and plays the game from what i thought like last last week and into last night perfectly by saving himself when he knew he was going to get canned and people hate on him for that surely someone would have come back and said man you read the room tonight well played but no one did everyone's like oh you you prick you prick we were gonna <laughs> we were gonna vote you out and you sabotaged our plans like yeah i, I t- I mean, I'm watching this, and again, I'm trying to learn all about it. And I'm like, it seems so weird. They have no respect at all for each other, even when they see someone else playing the same sort of tactic that any one of them would absolutely have played if they were in the same position. I'm sure of it. You're watching, though, as an outside observer that's seeing an edited version. Like, you <laughs> right. got to put yourself in their shoes. Like, wouldn't yeah. you be pissed if a guy just got up and left and you were going to vote him out? Yeah. Like, damn, all that work we put into uh, planning to backstab him and blindside him. Well, this guy's just leaving now. You'd be angry. I think you would. But he basically he basically had his point proved 100% by the, by oh, the, yeah. the cold reception that he got. Sure. So, yeah. so surely yeah. he should have just been raising two middle fingers on his hand saying, you know, take that guy. I, I, I beat you at your own game here but uh, yeah it, it's uh, it's fascinating just to see that sort of you know the camaraderie and how it shifts uh, throughout each episode and in, in a moment like that seeing how they kind of all <laughs> turned on Tony because they wouldn't let him vote his ass out of there <laughs> or on Jeremy you mean Jeremy Sorry, 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 sorry. Jeremy, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I don't ask- discount uh, gameplay as well, Lee. I mean, we, we've definitely seen that in past seasons where people will come back and, wow, wow that was a great blindside. You got you got us. You got us. You know, respect. <laughs> but I think that people are still playing the game and they are still invested in making Jeremy believe that he was safe all along and he will continue yeah. to be safe yeah. at the next vote because he's yeah, obviously right. he obviously was their target going into yeah. the next tribal council. Trey, you mentioned that sort of exchange between Ben and Jeremy, uh, and I'll, I'll make this one an open-ended question, so whoever wants to answer it. But who is the bigger threat between Ben and Jeremy? Because they were both trying to convince each other, no, it's you, no, it's you, no, it's you. What's the answer, if you're, if you're in your opinion, Ben or Jeremy? Interesting. That's a tough question. I yeah. mean, I would say going into the episode, Ben is probably the bigger threat just because, you know, after voting with the five, he's on top with that alliance with the five versus four. But by the end of the episode, I mean, Jeremy's the bigger threat and it yeah. feels like Ben is going to be scrambling. We also then get Michelle and Kim um, having a little scene where they're talking about how they're screwed. <laughs> like we're just like they're very worried they're going to be picked off. I was a little bit confused from this one from Michelle's side of things because we had discussed last week Michelle threw a vote on Tyson and you know you wouldn't have known that from this conversation like she just seems totally with the side that was on the bad side of the numbers like with Kim and crew like I'm so fascinated about what is going on with Michelle is she just playing absolutely everyone or was she legitimately confused she's just a good actress I was I was conf- just weirded out by that. I was like, what's going on with you? Who are you with? I can't tell. Yeah, I can't remember. Did she say in her confessional that she didn't know what was going on or was she was that when she was talking to to Kim? Because to Kim, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. So it's really I think she is a very scary player and an awesome liar because you see yeah. her I mean, jumping ahead, she lies to Tony on the spot and convinces Tony who is a cop who mm-hmm. was trained to spot lies. And he, he, he seemed to fall for it hook, line and sinker. Yeah. And then yeah. again at the, uh, at the, at tribal council, she, she basically said, you know what? I was told a plan and I stuck with the plan and that's how I'm voting tonight. And obviously that was a huge lie because Jeremy came to her right before tribal council and said, Hey, we're, we're voting for Sophie and she's going with that. And she was completely believable there too. So, uh, I think she, 
I think she has to know. But again, she when we saw her vote for Tyson previously, she had that huge, huge shrug. So maybe she j- was a lucky guess. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's a huge liar, a huge liar. She, she does it, <laughs> but she does it very well. Yeah. It's those big eyes. She looks vulnerable. She kind of <laughs> looks like a deer in the headlights. But she, like you said, when she she said that to Kim, um, she is s- simply saying. I don't know what's going on. Huge yeah. eyes, huge eyes, huge eyes. She's just <laughs> playing everybody. Yeah. She plays both sides and then and then kind of skulks away into the background and, and is one of those, you know, the smaller players, I guess, that still remains on the show. But playing both sides very well. Yeah, she's flying under the radar big time because it feels like she's on the bottom at the beginning of every single episode. And then she's on the right side of the vote. Every single episode. Yep. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how you just keep skirting by, skirting by, skirting by. Suddenly, there's five people left. And maybe you're in the final three. And maybe you've ended up on the right side of the vote enough times that you can make a good pitch. Hey, look what I did. I yeah. made it all the way here. And nobody even noticed I was doing it. And yeah. a question, does the jury appreciate a player like that? Do they want a, a bigger move type player like Tony? Or are there people on the jury that say well that's that's a a technique as well and you're playing that extremely well and if she gets you know to be one of the final people there on the three hour long final we get or whatever it is will they appreciate that right yeah it's the ultimate question that's a great Um, yeah i mean and and the players at the top the the big alliance seems to be selling to to the jury hey big moves aren't necessarily the way to go as as uh, sophie was saying in her speech your resume is important, but if it's too padded, then it turns people off. And she's yeah. telling the jury, "Hey, you shouldn't be—you shouldn't be impressed by all these flashy moves." Our second scene is a uh, early morning, day twenty-six. I mean, very early morning. Uh, Tony heads out in uh, into the pitch black dark to try and find an idol. We talked about it uh, <laughs> after one was played. One goes back into the game. He tells us as uh, the viewer as well that. So he's looking around, looking around, and then Nick crashes the search party, which is an incredible callback to episode eight, where we got the montage of Nick just sort of showing up. (laughs) That's immediately what I thought of, because he just showed up in that scene. And uh, Tony, I mean, to his credit, I thought he played it perfectly with the, you know, telling Nick to just go, oh yeah, go search around the water well. Like, we'll do this together, knowing full well that he's already searched around the water well and that it's probably not there. And Nick likes like okay, and he and he ends with a fist bump. Just be transparent, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> so so perfectly played there by Tony, uh, which we'll be saying a lot here in this episode. Tony then finds the idols, got behind that big old rock. I just love, uh, and it comes up a number of times within this one. Um, just the pure joy that this guy plays Survivor with is so infectious. Like he is just, he's just loving it. Every second of it, it feels like. Um, and, and you know, he's pumped that he finds the idol later on. Of course, he, he's pumped at first because he gets an advantage sent from Edge, which then turns into the disadvantage <laughs> with the extortion. But the guy's energy, and he just loves this game so much that I think it just comes through to the screen. Yeah, absolutely. And, when, and holding on to that energy and enthusiasm in the confessionals, like telling the story and taking you through the emotions. He's such a great storyteller. He's just a charming guy. It's Mm -hmm. very easy to see now how he won his original season and how he has everybody in the palm of his hand. Literally Mm -hmm. everybody on the tribe thinks that they're with Tony. And he hasn't gotten a single vote yet this season. Pretty amazing considering coming in, he was one of the guys you would say, yeah, he's a huge threat. He's going to be going crazy looking for idols. And obviously he didn't do that during uh, the tribes portion of game pre-merge. But still the fact that nobody has targeted Tony at all He's how is he flying under the radar while also dominating the game? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I also can understand how he's the first one up. It seems like there's no way this guy could ever go to sleep. Even yeah. just getting that red bag with the extortion disadvantage in it, it looked like maybe he was stealing somebody's bag last week. He was just happy to be getting an advantage sprinting <laughs> through the jungle. It's hard to sprint through the jungle. There's a lot of vines there. Yeah, he, his, he has so much damn energy. You're right, Trey. Like, you're joking about it, but you're, there's, like... It's sort of true. These people are exhausted, as you would be, you know, 25 plus days in, very little food, very little sleep in the conditions, like mental gymnastics you're always doing because you're worried about is someone going to backstab you and what's the next move? He just has this unbelievable reserve or reservoir of energy. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I guess those the shift work being a cop probably helps because he's up super early. He's made that comment. Everybody else is sleeping, <laughs> and I'm wide awake and I'm ready to go. And I think uh, it's it should be said that he has a bunch of energy and he, he does play that crazy, wild, erratic style. But as he said in, in the confessionals, I've been patient this entire time, and now was my time to play. And so he has, although he is nuts and he is a Tasmanian devil out there, he hasn't made a, a lot of crazy moves quite yet. And he, and he hasn't received a vote until next week, it sure feels like. <laughs> yeah, because as we'll get to next week when, when Kim, or we'll get to later when next week's episode is, uh, is teased and Kim says, which seems to me like the most dire like horror story type line <laughs> we've gotta get tony <laughs> it well, sure she, feels she, like he's uh, gonna get one of the, the other seven people to vote for him for the first time next week yeah well kim sniffed him out in this episode too immediately mm-hmm. like she she sussed out uh you know in the next scene when tony goes double agent and he's talking to jeremy kim denise and, and michelle and kim's like no nah, he's playing us like He's, he's just playing both sides here. So, yeah, she's on to him. And, and like you said, in the tease, it seems like she's going to try and zero in on him. And he he's doing a lot of this, too. You know, you said, and credit to him, he's tried to remain patient, not got crazy early on in the game, got to the merge. There's no doubt he started to ramp it up here, not just because we're nearing the end of the game, but because over the last two weeks he's had the immunity necklace, I think. Right. Oh, and of course. once you have that, you're like, all right. <laughs> well, I know I'm not going home tonight, so let's go crazy. It's a real confidence booster. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's why you make your bed in the morning. One little accomplishment <laughs> snowballs into another little accomplishment. But he won the immunity challenge last week. And and if, as you guys know, as survivor experts, he won another one this week. Are those back-to-back days that he actually won them? Those Those two challenges? No, they're not back-to-back so. days, at least according to like the little calendar we're getting in the corner of the screen. Um, I guess he would have won the one on day 24 or 25, and then this one oh. that he wins on, on day, uh, I think it's 27. So no, okay. not back-to-back days. But okay, there's probably, so two or three um, days. So yeah, but yeah. I, I just that definitely plays into it, the fact that he not only won his first immunity challenge for the first time, but then he won a second one. Oh, yeah. Then he finds the idol. I mean, he is absolutely riding high. Oh, he's on can we, fire. Can we, uh, can we just go back to the extortion? I don't know if, if this is in your notes or not. Oh, we haven't Skeets. got to it yet. Oh, okay. Well, well yeah, because I've got some questions about that that uh, that I didn't understand at all last night. All right. All right. Well, hold on. <laughs> hold on to those notes. Yeah, okay, one, okay. I had a question for you, actually. Lee. Yeah. Would you get up in the middle of the night, pitch black, and start sticking your hand in tree holes? Oh, no way. No way. I, I, I did. I was surprised that he was the only one until Nick got up to sort of search as well, because they, if they all knew it was out there again, it goes back in, you know, to the, to the jungle there for them to find. I'm surprised no one else got up. But no, there's no way in the world I'd be doing that. Uh, yeah. it, it needs to be clear. Uh, you know, <laughs> in clear view, and I'll grab it then. Uh, but I was so happy when he did it because it was a great move. He, he threw Nick off as well, and then he ended yeah. up finding it in a kind of tough spot too. Like oh, that yeah. wasn't, you know, someone wasn't just going to stumble across that. You had to sort of like look, dig for it, and he found it. So it was great. It was great reward for him to uh, to be one step ahead. And that's the thing. I'm, you know, you mentioned everyone's tired and they're uh, a little worn out, but I'm surprised knowing the stakes are this high at this point. A few others weren't sort of trying to trying to get yeah. back out there pretty early to try to find it. Yeah, because yeah. they're Jeremy, smart players. They, they know another one is put back out there. You're right. Yeah. What's Jeremy doing? Sleeping? He's a firefighter. <laughs> get up. It's time, to, it's time to go. It's your time for your 12-hour shift. It was just Tony out there and uh, and I guess Nick, who's a lawyer, so he works long hours. Long hours lawyer. He, he gets up <laughs> early in the morning. He was out there. Um. One more thing about that idol. I, I, maybe I'm reaching here. But you saw the idol, obviously. The, he holds it up. He gives a little kiss at one point, I think, to the camera in his confessional. That idol, if he's getting really, really, um, you know, creative down the line, to me, that looks like a fake idol. Yeah. Like, you could play that off as an idol that you built. You know what I mean? Pretend that you, um, that you made now, I don't know why in what scenario that would work to your advantage instead of it just being a real idol, which it is, but 
Maybe there's something there. That was my where my mind went immediately. Like that looks like you could have made that very easily. I thought. Yeah, they showed the a scene of him thing. like drinking out of his canteen or whatever, and like you know the beadwork that was hanging off his canteen looked so much like his hidden immunity idol. That I'm like, is he just flaunting it out here, <laughs> yeah. showing people, and they're just gonna assume it's nothing? So I mean, maybe you're right. We saw you know in past seasons, people would just like break off a little bead to save for yep. here and there, and suddenly I got a little strip of leather and I can make a fake idol, Tony. I mean, we saw next week he's going <laughs> he's going all the way up. But uh, it's interesting to see what this guy's going to be able to to actually try. If he keeps winning immunity, if he keeps feeling super safe, he's going to go over the edge, and it's going to be extremely fun. Oh, yeah. Third scene, uh, we jump to day 27. This is, uh, you know, a fun little scene. We get Sarah starting her own clothing line. And <laughs> Michelle and Kim working that beach, that dirt runway, really, really working it. I loved them. Um, uh, JD, I'd love to get your opinion on this. I loved it's a throwaway scene, of course, but it was it was shot hilarious, like with the tracking camera behind them oh, on yeah. the walkway and the music. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, they are bored, just sitting on the beach. <laughs> the crew is bored, uh, you know. So I think that they everybody jumped into it, except for Tony. Uh, let's do this. Let's spend the afternoon putting on this dumb fashion show. And I, I will say that I do not think that this is a throwaway scene. I think okay, I think this is setting up a final showdown or a showdown over that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks between Sarah and Tony. Yeah, okay. And it's glorious. They played each other twice with one each, one win each. I think they're the only two that ha- that have that history together. The right. only two times they've played before this, they've played each other. One and each of them won, so it could come down to the ultimate survivor between the two of them, um, and it's awesome. And it's just really uh, the fashion show. It's there to illustrate how different Sarah is playing to Tony. I mean, and they made that point. It's just yeah. sort of like he he plays a completely different game than me. I'm more of a social player, and he's not. Although I think Tony is a dangerous Sony uh, 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 social player, obviously because. He is controlling the game. Yeah. So you think when um, there's a lot more meaning to Tony saying, my pants would sell way faster than that skirt you made. <laughs> I do think <laughs> that. Was... I think there is there is a subtext there for yeah, sure. That was a weird, weird line. But you're right. For, uh, for the second week in a row, from what I can remember, we're getting like sort of uh, the butting of heads, yeah, so to speak, of Sarah versus Tony. And, and we'll see what next week brings after the fallout from this crazy vote. And so it's so great like, that they're both cops as well. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Cops are us, as they call exactly. themselves. Um, this is where I already mentioned, but Tony goes double agent, talks with Jeremy, Kim, Denise, and Michelle. He's like, basically, I'm going to infiltrate them, get all you know their knowledge, what their plans are, and then we can just I can continue to uh, you know blindside them. But Kim does sniff it out immediately. She She sees it. She recognizes it, and she's like, he's doing this. Mm. So in a way, I guess I'll go and do this too because she sort of becomes a double agent as well. <laughs> Fourth scene is Edge of Extinction. We get a little edge, and this one was cool. I thought it opened up with a really fascinating um, quote or little scene that they slipped in here. Tyson is said, he's talking to Wendell. It looks like he's talking to a couple people, but you hear Tyson. It's more. It sort of blends into a voiceover, but he says... Some mentalities can handle it and some can't. It can ruin people's lives to lose the game. There are a lot of people that go home and struggle with it for years. For reals. (laughs) And this was like, it's almost like breaking the fourth wall in a weird way to me. Um, Tyson talking about this and and he notes that Adam, he thinks, is going to have a hard time. (laughs) Uh, You know, he questions Wendell, I think you'll be okay, you know. I just thought this was so interesting in a weird way. It's it's pretty rare for a survivor to include something like this. Am I wrong? Maybe he's projecting, though. The guy got voted out twice in one season, so maybe he's feeling mm. a little <laughs> underwhelming with his performance so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but then again, I mean, he's uh, how many times has he lost the game, right? Three times? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I th- I, well, yeah. No, I hear what you're saying, but uh, it is it's a cool note that – and maybe it's in there because we even see Sophie when she gets voted out. She doesn't even know what to do. Yeah, She's true. like, I don't know which way to walk. I don't know how to put this thing in the hole here for you to snuff it out. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never lost the game. Maybe that's why they included that little part of, uh, hey, you're all winners. 
Uh, a lot of you have never had any sort of defeat within this game, but it's going to be a bit of a rude awakening for some of you. Yeah, um, it, it also opens up a nice little storyline for the producers to go back to, whether it's at the end there and you get all your after shows. I'm not sure how many after shows there are on Survivor, <laughs> but it's just a storyline for them to dip back into and sure. find Adam's life after the show. It's just, it's well, good producing. Maybe they're evolving here in season 40. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And it's it's good, it's just good storytelling as well. You just... You're ra- uh, ratcheting up the the stakes, right? It's just yeah. like this could ruin your life if you get if you get voted out here. And uh, when I was watching that, I watched it back this morning, and I thought, you know what? I think that it uh, knowing Tyson, and he's sort of like he's he he likes to cause chaos, and he likes to joke around and stuff. I think Adam was there. I think it was one of those. Yeah, Wendell, you're going to be okay. Adam, though, yeah, he's in big trouble. Like, I think he was sitting right, right oh, there, and it, and it was sort of like a, a gentle ribbing almost. But, but then the producers took that, edited it into this awesome stakes building uh, sequence, and it was great. Because they got yeah. a shot of Adam walking lonely uh, <laughs> by himself on the beach. Yes, looking so at just... that flag forlornly, thinking, <laughs> right. I could just raise that and get the hell out of here. Yeah. 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 yeah if well, you're ever on Survivor, you got to walk around confidently at all times, or else you're going to catch a loser edit at some point. They're like, oh, he looked sad there for one second. Throw it in the app. Yeah, I'm just going to strut around with my chest all puffed out the entire time I'm out there. Why is that guy so happy? He got nine votes last tribal. <laughs> um, just to uh, clarify, he wasn't actually alone during that show because Yule was sitting right there <laughs> meditating without his hands. That's right. Does that, does that count as yoga? Uh, yeah, I think we're counting that as yoga. Sure. sure. Is that a pose of some sort, Trey? I didn't see his legs, didn't see his arms, so it's kind of hard to tell. Well, you couldn't see his hands. Yeah, they were That's all right. tucked inside. Full lotus. Full, full lotus. lotus. There you go. All right, great. Um, Skeets, so, I thought you were going to say that you liked the way that uh, Edge of Extinction started because everybody was walking around picking up sticks. yeah it was like me in my backyard for sure uh unfortunately i didn't find a bottle in my backyard with a clue inside of it because that's what natalie finds sort of with parvati again parvati just is uh in the right spot at the right time for a lot of stuff um i laughed out loud though when parvati saw that natalie found a bottle and she goes wow, somebody had a bottle of wine? It's like, what? I wish so much, this is for you old Survivor heads, that Bruce from Exile Island was like like there on the island waving and figured out his, uh, his bum issues after all that wine he drank back in Exile Island. Anyway, um, they figure out, you know, that the clue, it's a clue. And after they climb the damn mountain, because they always have to go to the top of the mountain uh, before they can actually figure it out, they realize it's under the bed. It's under the shelter, um, which is going to be a problem because on Edge of Extinction, you got nothing else to do basically except lie in that damn thing. Uh, but as a team, maybe it, was, maybe it worked out to their advantage in a weird way that they found it sorted together, Natalie and Parvati, because Parvati's like, oh, let's go watch the sunset or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Natalie gets a, a second, gets a chance to reach under there and grab it. And that's when we're introduced to this brand new extortion advantage. Um, so, Lee, you had some questions banked for this. Yeah, so we, we see that, that they get the extortion advantage. Um, but then the next sort of scene is Tony with that uh, note. In his bag. Yeah, that he thinks that he's won something. Yep. And then it's like the extortion is played against him. Like, yep. why didn't we see any sort of communication as to who they chose and how, how they picked Tony? Well, they, I mean, Parvati says it basically without saying Tony's name right before we went to commercial break. She, they're like... Oh, who's who's chaotic? Who would do anything for fire tokens? Um, and they showed a shot. And, of and then Tony. they end with a shot of Tony. Yeah. Oh, so they were okay. t- they were telling you without telling you. Right. 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 Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I think I needed it spelled out a little clearer for me. Um, <laughs> we are giving this to Tony. See you after the commercial. <laughs> uh, okay. But then, so then Tony needs to accumulate those six tokens, uh, mm-hmm. which he eventually does pretty well too. Actually, I have to say, yeah, he's incredible. you know the way. The way that he just sort of goes up and says, you know, listen, I need a token. And everyone just kind of coughs up straight away, which is great. But then what happens? Then what happens with the extortion? Because we didn't see it again. I mean, we didn't. Yeah, I guess it's just it's off. He's accumulated the tokens. He's going to hand them over to a producer. And and now he can play in the challenge. I mean, that's it. Yeah. And wouldn't that be my question was obviously Parvati and uh, Natalie. Natalie. 
don't get them right natalie should get seven and a half of them and parvati probably half but they they don't hmm. they don't receive them right it just goes into the uh the middle free parking like a monopoly right it doesn't no, they get, no, no, no they, they get, get them, them. Oh, they do get them. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and we would we're led to believe probably that they split them. I mean, I would guess that Natalie gets three, Poverty gets three. Who knows? You're right. Maybe it's four two. Maybe it's oh, I thought it was eight. My bad. Yeah, Yeah. it should definitely be five one. Why (laughs) why would Poverty figured out that it was under the shelter? Natalie, I'm pretty sure it was Poverty. I feel like that part was about 50-50. Parvati's the one who took him to the top of the mountain, that's for sure. And then Natalie says, do you think it has something to do with our camp where Mm. we sleep? Yeah. And then Parvati hops in, as she did when uh, Danny found her advantage. Um, Maybe you just need both brains there. But uh, I was just shocked to see how willing everybody was to help Tony. Why would you be like, uh, you just won an immunity challenge. Why are we giving you tokens to make it so you could possibly win another immunity challenge when it would make you an easy vote right there. But I guess that kind of just goes to show he's been playing the social game very well that people from all different alliances are willing to pony up. I think it's even less about we want you to play in the immunity challenge and yeah, that he could win. We need you to vote at tribal council because of the way it was set up with only nine people left and it was looking like it was sort of 5-4 but Tony's flip-flopping being the fifth vote on both sides. And that's why they were like, well, damn, we need his number. Um, I guess we need him at tribal council. Here, have a fire token. That's sort of my read of it. But um, Yeah, I mean, I get that. Or you could just say, hey, Tony can't win immunity. He can't vote. Let's all vote on Tony. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Well, yeah, sure. That's true. But again, as you say, everybody is working with Tony. So why, why wouldn't they give him the token? And it's also... It looks bad if you don't have a token, right? As mm. as Michelle was mm. uh, had to go through, and she was like, "I don't have a token, and I really need to come up with a, a convincing story as to why I don't have one because yeah. I don't. I, he cannot know that I have an advantage in this game." Yeah. How do you, JD? To start with you, how do you feel about players who have been voted out being able to, in a way, completely screw over someone still in the game because they're Parvati and Natalie could have asked for a lot more tokens, let's say, mm-hmm. and let's just. You know, hypothetically, there's no way Tony can come up with them. So then he's out of the challenge and out of tribal council. Is that too extreme? Again, these are people that are voted out of the game already. Like, they've had advantages that they can help players still in the game, but now they've got these advantages or disadvantages, whatever you want to call them, that can hurt people. Is that is that too much for you, or are you fine with it? I mean, if it was any other season, yes, it would be. Um but I, knowing that Edge of Extinction is going away and these are all-stars, uh, I'm enjoying it. I loved it. I loved this wrinkle. It's been one of the more creative things that uh, the Survivor gods have come up with. And uh, it's, it was just a joy to watch. And it was a joy to, to see Tony go through the range of emotions when he got the thing. And then how he expertly dodged what could have been a, a, a potentially a fatal blow. Like, he mm-hmm. could have been, as you say, not participate in the challenge and get voted out and not have a vote. Like, it could have been very, very, very bad for him. And uh, Tony, with a hot hand, he, he maneuvered it expertly. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I wonder if we would be saying, God, I hated this dumb extortion thing if Tony <laughs> does, like, get voted out, like Trey said last night. Like, yeah. really, no wrongdoing of his own, just somebody handed him this thing and he's like, completely screwed but i mean i guess that is sort of new era survivor it's like oh here's a bomb hold on to it here's a grenade it might go off and and to be fair um they are all still in the game right they are still playing the game and they could any one of them could go back in and win this thing so yeah why not yeah it was fun i enjoyed it oh i mean this scene is in i mean this whole thing so First off, we start this uh, day 28, this fifth scene, I'm calling it. We start with a little scene of Nick saying he looks like a vampire, evil Donathan vampire. (laughs) Just thrown in there. Very funny. Um, Yeah, and and basically everybody agrees with him. They're like, yeah, you actually do kind of look like a vampire. You have very sharp teeth. Yeah, he sort of does. Uh, And and you mentioned the the sort of meta meta part with Tyson talking about people losing. This was another little meta part where we never see castaways talk about how they are perceived on the outside world like twitter never comes up right so that was interesting yeah yeah where he's talking about on my last step or last season you know they thought of they said this about me yeah 
yeah, yeah now sure. I can never not look at him and see those vampire teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then we get Tony sprinting through the jungle. That's right, because he found something in his bag. And he reads the note here. And this is just such a funny, funny scene. <laughs> all because of Tony. Just because of the type of person he is. Where he thinks it's amazing. He thinks it's a great thing. Oh my god, this is awesome. And as he reads and reads and reads, he realizes, oh god damn it, this is, this is horrible. <laughs> and he like drops the note. And then he retells it in a confession and it's just as funny. Yeah. I mean, this... This guy is just incredible television. I, like, Lee and Tass, do you agree with that, being sort of new fans? Like, he's just so charismatic. He's certainly grown on me anyway. I, I didn't like him at the start. But, yeah, last night was, you, you mentioned already, just how much of a, a, a perfect episode it was for him. And just his sort of joyful, uh, you know, charm sort of really comes shining through. And, and the fact that he was up and he was down and then he was up again, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's well edited, well put together, but it can't yeah. be done if it's not him being just natural by himself anyway. So, um, yeah, he, he's definitely someone who at the start I sort of didn't like. I didn't really, you know, have any uh, affection towards him, but now I do. And, and seeing him just have that run that he did, just makes it more uh, more exciting to see how he's going to go from here and how he's going to continue to handle it because I think he will you know he will become more of a target simply because yeah. he's having such a good run. Would you have given him your fire tokens, Lee? <laughs> Probably. He had that charm. You know? <laughs> yeah, it took like one question to each person. Like, uh, I need to get some fire tokens. Can I have some? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. But see, I was expecting at this stage of the, of the game that people would just be like, uh, nah, you know, I need it. I've only got one or whatever. Just trying to get, you know, to say, no, I can't. I haven't got one to spare. But instead, everyone seemed to cough up and he said, you know, I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. Like, as if that counts for anything in this game. You know, <laughs> yeah. saying to someone, I've got you. I've got you down the road. Don't worry. I'll get the next round. Like, those things don't mean anything. But, you know, it's that, it's that ability to be able to, to talk and to be able to convince people without sounding like you're really trying to, you know, use them or that you might turn around and stab them in the back in that same episode. Yeah, it feels like some of the players, though, still have no idea really what the hell the fire tokens do. Yeah. Because um, if you're not buying a tarp or something, or you're not buying, I guess, more right, I don't know. It's like, well, I, what good is this one fire token that I have? Yeah. yeah. You know? And maybe it will be at the end of the game if you're there. Maybe it really won't mean anything. It seems like they're just important to the people on edge to you know, employ in the next challenge to try and get back in the game. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there will be something with these things. Maybe they'll look back at it and go, oh, damn, I shouldn't have gave up that one. Because Michelle, you said it, JD, she comes up with that awesome lie right there on the spot. Like, she's already used a lot of hers to buy an advantage. She's got the 50-50 coin. And, you know, she says in a very, in, again, right, what appears to be right on the spot, says she used all her tokens to buy an advantage that should she be voted out of the game, she could use at the edge challenge to get back in. That's quick thinking. Yeah. Holy crap. Because it's like, there's a little truth in it, oddly, but it's still obviously a lie. Like, uh, that's not what she bought with her tokens, right? Yeah. Uh, amazing. Uh, I'm in awe of her. I mean, I'm not going to call it lying. I'm going to call it bluffing because that's kind of what, what it yeah. is. Uh, like, lie is too harsh. I mean, she just makes everybody bluffs in this game. It's like poker, you know? So uh, hats off to her. She's, she's dangerous, man. Yeah, so she then takes the extortion note to Jeremy, who decides, well, like he feels like he's in a tough spot, I think, and is like, I sort of got to go with Tony, and I need his vote, so here's one. I'll give one. <laughs> and Nick and Ben, yeah, you guys said it. They quickly agree to help Tony. They're like, yeah, I'll throw in one, no problem. <laughs> the real question's going to be, now that Tony's won two fire tokens, who does he pay back? Yeah. Somebody's left that. out. It's Ben. Ben's not getting his token left. You get back. <laughs> Everybody else voted with Tony. Good point. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah, hopefully we get hopefully we get a little scene next week about that. Uh, the next scene it's the immunity challenge. I don't think there's a lot to talk about with this one. It's pretty damn simple. Players are standing on a narrow beam there. They're balancing a statue at the end of a long pole. Um, not my favorite type of immunity challenge, um, but comes down to Tony, Jeremy, and Ben. And then those two final guys, Jeremy, Ben, they drop within seconds of each other after. What did Jeff Probst say? Like 32 minutes, I think? Yeah, I think he said it was a record for yeah, that Yeah, a record that for challenge. that one. So yeah. Tony wins his second straight immunity. Hey, um, just uh, one thing on that too. When Sophie fell off, mm-hmm. she kind of almost stumbled into Jeremy. <laughs> mm. Now, if that was to happen and, and obviously knock him out, what would happen then? 
A great question. I've thought about that before, Lee. Like, in anger, if I were to, like, throw my pole or something, and it hits the other person beside... I think they would... I don't know. My gut says they would reset the challenge to what had just... You know, before what, what had just occurred, but... You can't just you can't just walk up and push somebody off. No, no, but, no. But she, you know, just the way that she sort of lost, no, her, yeah, yeah, lost her balance, and and it even even you don't even have to touch someone. It's just that sort of like flinching almost that if it's someone a free throw line move really. I would definitely be distracted by. I thought yeah. Yeah, it was there was plenty of them. Even it's easy to be distracted. I would be anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeremy drops again immediately after Ben. Like, was he distracted or did he just feel? more comfortable because Ben hadn't won. So he's like, okay, well, at least Tony is, has won. That's better for me. I don't know. Um, or was it just pure coincidence that he was like lasted right basically to the exact same second as Ben? I'm not sure. The next scene, though, back at camp, time to figure out who to vote for. Always, uh, well, usually one of the best episodes or scenes, I should say, in, a, in an episode. Kim talks with Sarah, Ben, Sophie, and Nick. And the plan is formulated that they're all going to vote for Jeremy. But just in case he's got something else, you know, up his sleeve, they're going to throw two votes on Michelle. Sarah and Kim decide we'll vote for Michelle just in case. That's the backup. Everybody else vote for Jeremy? Cool. This will be a very simple day here. Kim and Denise then go talk with Jeremy at the water well, and they agree to vote out Ben. Now, now we know Kim and Denise are lying to Jeremy because they're going to vote out Jeremy. Um... But they say Ben. We get the, you know we get this little sort of uh, build up of Jeremy hating Ben. <laughs> Thought he was a cool dude to begin with. Now everything he does just irritates him, um, which is funny. And so everyone appears pretty comfortable with the plan that they think is going to happen. And so that's when we get like this little thing of like Ben's talking about how easy it is to spend a million dollars, and Nick smelling his armpits, and we got people playing checkers. Like it's just pretty. It's pretty low key. Uh, so to speak, right until they go to tribal council and Tony goes, I've been patient long enough. Let's do this. I got a muni necklace again. Now I've got an idol. I'm feeling good. And he goes to Nick and he breaks it all down. He says, look, they're, they're splitting the vote. So we don't need a lot of votes to make this happen. We need four votes to vote for whoever we want. Let's make it Sophie. And he comes up with the 4-3-2 vote. Um, he gets Nick on board very quickly. Mm. <laughs> like, Nick's like, mm, okay, I'm in. This certainly <laughs> seemed that way. Yeah. Uh, and even, even to the point where Tony's almost a little taken back by how easy that was yeah. with Nick. Like, oh, okay, you're in? Oh, okay, awesome. And I so mean, I, Tony... I've suspected Nick's been floating along this whole time, and that, that sealed it for me. I mean, uh, he, yeah. is, he is just going with the flow and doing whatever he can do to stay in the game and just taking orders from whoever whoever doles him out. Yeah, I think He's voted would... with Tony every time since the merge, though, so maybe they are closer than we're really thinking. Possibly. And, I mean, mm-hmm. he coughed up that coin just as easy as he coughed up his vote, so maybe they are more in cahoots than we're thinking. Maybe the reason he was up early isn't because he's a vampire. Maybe they're just close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you might be right. And, and, look, if Nick wants to win this game, that's fine. Stay attached to Tony, um, but then backstab him right before the end because Tony is no doubt looking at Nick going, Oh, you're coming with me. Mm. You're sitting beside me at the end and you're not, you don't stand a chance to beat me at the end. I I think. Oh oh yeah. A hundred percent. He's got sharp teeth, but he's still a goat. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Sharp teeth to cut through those, uh, (laughs) cut through the can like a goat. Um, So Tony goes to Jeremy very, very late. Again, this is uh, we're told right before they're going to head to tribal council. So he saves us right to the end. And this pitch to Jeremy is, for whatever reason, a lot more difficult of a sell uh, to convince Jeremy, like, hey, man, they're coming for you. I'm telling you the truth. And if you don't vote with me, your ass is gone. You're going to be on edge. And, you know, we had to travel council not really knowing if Tony was successful in convincing Jeremy and flipping the script. We get to tribal council and, well, we learned that uh, he was. We get the... Pretty rare four three two vote. Yeah. Um, this doesn't happen a lot, uh, Tass and Lee, where this type of vote, uh, the plurality split, if you want to call it that. Uh, Siri Fields way back in the day was, uh, I mm. guess, she gets a lot of the credit for coming up with it sort of first. Um, it wasn't four three two with her. I think it was like a three two one, but same idea. And uh, 
Yeah, Sophie's voted out. <laughs> crazy. And, uh, With an idol and, in her pocket, as she tells everybody when she's Yeah, that, that's crazy because, I, I mean, I could understand why she thought she was safe too. There was no mm-hmm. real heat on her. But, that, of course, that's probably when you're at your most dangerous. But what happens in a tie if, if there is a tie? If there's a, if there's a tie vote? Yes. So they'll vote again, but you can only vote for the 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 two people who are in the tie. Is that right, guys? Right. Mm-hmm. And then if it's there's a tie again, then they will draw rocks, and basically it's wow. literally a flip of the coin. Uh, <laughs> to, to, and it's happened before, where where people uh, someone has left because they just happened to pull the wrong rock out of the yeah. bag. Wow! And then to add to that wrinkle with the rock pulling. At that point, it's the people you've been debating who to vote out are actually safe. That's right. <laughs> right? Oh my God. So it's everybody else. So it's in your best interest if you're a part of the everybody else to just come to a damn conclusion or flip and get rid of somebody so you don't have to pull a damn rock. But it happens. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, right. it's definitely happened before. Yeah. Um, you know, um, it, during, during the sort of uh, question and answer time there that Jeff, ha- Jeff has with the cast, yeah. he reminds me a little bit of Steve Irwin because he's so excited and he's so, <laughs> he's so emotional. Like, hey, you don't know what's going on. You're talking to these people. It's chopping and changing all throughout the day. How do you feel coming into this? And I'm like, that is just like Steve Irwin before he's talking to a crocodile, you know? Yeah. Have a look at this, you know? <laughs> look at the vote on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, but, uh, the talk at this tribal council is a lot about that building a resume but the the risks that can come with that and then we get the discussion about how quiet it was at camp leading up to tribal council and uh, sarah describing it i think as mass psychological warfare mm-hmm. and for some reason uh girl scouts catches a stray from sophie <laughs> Damn. that was harsh but uh, yeah, and then she she gets uh, completely blindsided. She had no idea, no no chance. Yeah, it was it was hard to watch for her. I don't know. The, uh, I felt bad for her. So so kerfuffled, you know. <laughs> like oh, oh my yeah. god. Oh yeah. That just speaks we, to the incredible move by Tony, though, right? That nobody oh, yeah. knew it was coming. He saw the numbers. He also saw the sun going down, as he said. Mm-hmm. The sun's going down right before tribal council. That's when I'm pouncing. That's when I'm going to discuss <laughs> yep. with Jeremy. So it's fresh on his brain. He's got. He's working 24 hours around the clock. He knows he's up in the morning, sundown. He's got it all under control. Well, he's got the sundial going at all times. Fresh on, does, fresh on Jeremy's brain, yes, but also doesn't give anybody a yep. chance to do anything about it. The, the, it doesn't mm-hmm. give Nick a chance to go say, Sophia, hey, they're com- we're coming for you kind of thing and mm-hmm. give her a chance to do some damage control. It's brilliant. It's, it was perfectly p- played. Does, uh, does Sophie's unused immunity also now get thrown back into the mix? It's possible, yeah. Yeah. It's possible. And when, when did she get hers? Because I don't recall that happening. That I mean, she must have had that for a, for a long time. It was time. a long time. Early, yeah. 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 It was really early in the game. Maybe yeah. before before we were even doing no bus. I can't remember. I, 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 think, I think so, so. because yeah. Yeah, cause I, I certainly didn't know she had one. And I don't remember. I don't really remember anyone actually getting one. Uh, in our in our time watching it for my, myself and Tass, but uh, yeah, so that was a surprise when she said, it. and I'm like, oh my god, how devastating must that be when you've got that and you can't use it? Uh, I mean, crazy, but yeah, it know, happens guess, a lot. It yeah. happens a lot where people go home with the idol in their pocket because yeah. you're just you want to, you know, yeah. it is that classic case. You're trying to be a little greedy, right? You're like, well, for sure, I feel good yeah. here could really maybe use it the next week or the next tribal council so i'll hold yeah. on to it yeah it happens all the time well and if you think about the previous episode sophie basically called the shot on that one right let's all huddle up and talk about what we're gonna doing mm-hmm. what we're gonna be doing she called the vote on that then they go to tribal council no whispering for the first time in weeks so it yeah. seems like everybody's on yep. the same plan right even tony's like we had a plan that we stuck to and we're gonna stick to it he played it so cool, I thought that I was like, uh-oh, Sophie is in big-time trouble here. It seems like yeah. he was playing her, and it seemed like he was so happy to take a back seat for a guy who had been driving the whole episode. You just had to be like, uh-oh, she's going to have no idea what's coming, and obviously that was the case. It would be awesome if she gets to take that idol with her to Edge of Extinction. Who knows if she would ever make it back? Uh, but if she did, eh, I don't know. I mean, they're given so many advantages. Why shouldn't you be able to keep your idol if you're still technically in the game? Right, right. You're saying if she wins her way back in that the idol should still be playable, right? Still have its power. Sure, why not? Yeah. I mean, everything else is up for grabs. 
Yeah, I don't think that's the case, but I'm with you. It's like, why shouldn't it if she got her way back into the game? I she, wonder uh, if she could have taken it and put it and willed it to somebody with her with the fire token. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I wow. guess not, but uh, who knows? Yeah, um, she should she should have just said, uh, "Hey Jeff, can you hold on to this for me? <laughs> I might be back here, and then I'll just ask for her back." Should have done that. Um, on her way out, she bequeaths her tokens to Sarah and Kim is who she dropped. So here's the real question as we head into the next time on Survivor, the little tease. Sarah livid with Tony. Tony's up in a damn spy nest now. He's taking it to the sky. <laughs> and Kim talks about this idea that we got to make a move on Tony. So I want to know the fallout between Sarah and Tony because Sarah has, she's gone through this before with Tony on previous seasons where he screws her. He doesn't tell her the plan. And you know, in the past, they've patched things up. I think in Kagayan, they patched things up. And then he did it again to her. <laughs> so I'm skeptical that Tony can sort of get Sarah back into his good grace. Yeah, and, and be- she looks pretty upset because at Tribal Council, it really felt like she was pitching her case already to the jury, talking about building a resume in a way that made it seem like, hey, guess who's building a resume? It's actually me. I'm really riding high right here. And then to have Tony take the upper hand from her without, you know, she's thinking they're together and he steals the upper hand from her with like an amazing move and an amazing three days. Surely she's furious. Oh yeah. This is the showdown we're getting next week. I mean, it's going to be, well, it seems to be if we're going by votes, we got Michelle, Tony, Jeremy, and Nick on one side, Ben, Kim, Denise, and Sarah on the other. So it's Tony versus Sarah and Mm -hmm. it's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's a, Uh, Yeah, I I mean, or I guess the only other thing that could happen is she sort of pretends that she's okay with what happened, you know, for a vote or two, and then backstabs them. Right. Or tries to. I mean, one, yeah, that's, which which could be a play for her, you know, just go pretend it's all right, okay, all classic Tony, you just, you just can't, you know, can't, you can't keep it under control, that's just who you are, and just placate him for a week or two, and then you know, build up the, the, the numbers to backstab him uh, and blindside him. That's possible, too. Yeah, only eight remain, guys. Four guys, four girls, Tony, Nick, Jeremy, Ben, and then Sarah, Kim, Denise, and Mitchell. And just so everybody remembers, Michelle's Mitchell. got the 50-50 coin advantage, <laughs> and Tony's got the immunity idol. What Who's was that, Mitchell? Jiggy? Michelle. Did I say Mitchell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Denise Mitchell? Oh, Maybe Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, before we get to Tremail, a quick word from one of our go-to sponsors. Mark your calendars, boys. The Survivor finale is happening May 13th. Like everything else right now, it's going to be weird because they're doing the reunion portion of it remotely. One of my favorite things about the finale is seeing all the castaways all gussied up, dressed to the nines in their best bib and tucker. Hopefully, that will still be the case. And I, for one, am getting into the spirit. That's right. I'm going to theblacktux.com to rent some spiffy duds to celebrate this historic season. The best thing about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. Yes, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look, maybe in a month or two, Brian. For now, I'm sticking with online. They'll ship your order straight to you two weeks before your event so you can check it out one last time. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. Order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with the code DUNKS. That's TheBlackTux.com code DUNKS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. Who do you think would uh, sell more pants, Tony or the Black Tux? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of a push, I think. Yeah, Yeah, probably. probably. JD, you would be buying Tony's line for sure. He loves the cargo pockets. (laughs) (laughs) He's got those cargo pants that uh, turn into shorts. Yeah. Yeah. That's a supreme dad move. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you can see you can see uh, 
he reveals just below his knees there as he's uh, <laughs> lurking around with those the tops and the bottoms connected. Weird pants. They're not even. I haven't pants. seen those. They, they were big around. They were big around the start of the century, around 2000. But I haven't seen too many of them lately. No. Everything comes back. Yeah, they're coming. Yeah, back. that's right. All right, let's move on to tree mail. I got this one. What's up, no buffs? I recently just applied to get casted on a season of Survivor. I believe that with some luck and my strong personality that I'll be able to get on the show. I'll definitely give you guys a shout out when I win. (laughs) I was wondering if you guys have ever applied or ever thought of applying because I know you guys would kill it just from a plain entertainment standpoint. I'll keep you guys updated if I ever get the call. It's from Dari's in the 305. So who has applied? There's been some appliers out there. I've done it. I uh, went to an open casting call probably 2009. It was at a Mattress Plus. So you're just waiting in a real long line, snaking around mattresses that you can't even lay on. Then they get <laughs> you fill out you know, your little paperwork with all your information, why you want to be on Survivor, all this kind of stuff. Then you go and get in front of a camera and talk about why you want to be on Survivor. And I blew it. Uh, my... I knew as soon as I was really? done, I was like, well, they're never going to call me back. I just, I didn't have, I didn't have the charisma right, man. I, I wasn't ready for it. Um, but that's good because, you know, it's 11 years later now. So now is the time. Mm. Now is the time. Tweeted Jeff Probst, get me on Survivor already. <laughs> you know, the way you're looking right now, Trey, I think would give you a strong advantage too. You've got the big bushy beard, the hair, the glasses. You're looking pretty chilled out. I think, I think you'd be a strong, strong candidate right now. Well, thank you for saying that. I do feel a little like Wendell, and he was talking about the first time he applied, and he's like looking like a square. He's like, I didn't even look cool. Same with me. Like, I got a way cooler look now, a way more notable look that you might say, (laughs) yeah, we could throw that guy on TV. I actually looked into this. I went to the CBS casting, uh, and you need to be a U.S. or Canadian passport holder. So yeah. I can I can get my Canadian passport, but not while I'm living in the U.S. So I'm going to have to mm. wait till I move back there. But I've turned full circle. I would absolutely love to go on Survivor right now. <laughs> I, I think it, I think I think if you go in as well, a little bit older, you you've got a bit more of a like. I don't really care if I win or lose. I just want to go and have some fun and just see see what happens and see where it can take me. You know. I think um, earlier on, if you're like in your 20s, I think you're more sort of like, I want to go on and I want to win. I want to be a champion. But now I'm just like, I think I'd have fun no matter what. Even if I got voted off first, it'd be like, sweet. I went to Fiji for a couple of weeks. It was full. It was fine. It was cool. I don't care. Thanks, Fiji Airways. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. You'd be the real Denise out there. All, all, All cut up. In your 40s, just hanging out. <laughs> I would be because I, I, I really don't think I would be too bothered about, you know, oh, you've got to be friends with people. Like, you know everyone else is going to try to screw you over, so there's no need to even start to try to trust anyone. You just go out there and just be like, I'm just going to go with it and see what happens, man. <laughs> well, it's Lee, if you fun. ever can apply, be it for yeah. the US version or the Australian version, which is yeah. uh, a, a real thing, and people love uh, Australian Survivor. I've never dipped in yet, and I'm, I'm saving it for a rainy day i'm saving it for another pandemic Um, (laughs) but uh what was i gonna say oh you should go in lee like totally as just like the meh why not like i don't care like don't go in and not that you would but i like the idea of you just like i just want to be here just want to be in fiji for a week or two because you get a couple of those people sprinkled in it's not all diehard survivor fans not always well, and, um, and that's that's so what I'm saying. Fun. I think I would be like that. I'd be like, you know what? I got a trip out here to Fiji. I've never been here before. Uh, I'm gonna have a few stories for our pod when I get home. So it's gonna be win-win, you know. I uh, like um, I like Trey's chances though too, because yeah, yeah, obviously the look. You got a cool like um, you know unique, I guess, sort of profession, right? A podcaster. Sure, sure. That's sort of interesting, sort of different at least. Uh, and and this goes for all of us really. And you were saying it, Lee. We're all a little bit older, and they need mm. some older people on Survivor. So that's good. That helps our chances. And to answer the question, no, I've never applied. A big part of it was until recently you couldn't be Canadian and apply to get on the U.S. Survivor. That's changed now. So it's in the works. Uh, I will be trying to get on this damn thing. <laughs> J.D., you? Uh, I have never applied. Every time uh, Jeff comes on with that little burp segment, we're looking for castaways. Yeah. Uh, apply now. Uh, my son turns to me every time and says, you got to do it, Dad. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'll apply. Why not? I don't want to. Uh, I feel like I'd be cutting Trey's grass a little bit, except I'm way older. 
But, but, you know, the bearded old guy, I mean, I don't think we'd be on the same season, that's for sure. <laughs> I love the idea of all three of us getting cast, and then we show up, and we're like, what? Yeah, what? Because awesome. we actually can't tell anybody that we're going to be on the show. We're yeah. here, Lee strolls up, sits down at the fire, he's like, hey guys, it's me Lee from Pakistan. Great to meet y'all. Oh, I, was, uh, I was listening to uh, Rob Has a Podcast yesterday, and he had Shane Powers on, who oh, yeah. uh, is uh, one of the more uh, eccentric uh, castaways that have ever been on the show. Um, and he's a real bitter guy, too. Uh, but he, when he got on, he was talking about how his, uh, his application tape was basically him telling the producers why there was no chance he was going to win the game, right? Like, he was, he was just, this is the reason I'm not going to win. And he held up coffee, and famously, he, you know, he arrived on the island, and he quit smoking cold turkey that day, the day they arrived on the on the island, and coffee, he's a, like a caffeine fiend, so... And he basically said, "Hey, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be crusty the whole time, and I'm never gonna win because I'm gonna be ornery, and uh, everyone's gonna hate my guts." So that's a that's a that's a tack to take. He was right. Yeah, he was right. He was yeah. right. He's uh, Shane Powers. Good friends with uh, Ben Lyons. Is he really? Let's talk to, yeah, we can get Shane Powers on this podcast. Oh, let's do if it. Wanted to? <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> we got uh, quick question: You guys mentioned uh, Wendell there, and him saying that he was a, a dweebus the first time he applied or whatever. <laughs> uh, yesterday he tweeted. Last night he tweeted. This has been the longest episode of Survivor ever, and I'm here for it. Why did he tweet that? Hmm. What did he mean by that? The longest the episode longest. of Survivor. I don't That's know. A great question. I don't I mean, know. There was a lot of back and forth. Like who's. Who's voting for who, I suppose? I guess we got a lot more strategy than we've been getting from previous episodes, especially the loved ones episode. Yeah. Don't know, though. Or is he anti-Tony? Yeah, uh, that's where know. my mind went immediately, but I didn't think he was, so... Okay. I'm trying to I think mean, back yeah, to did. our interview with him. Did he, did he say anything negative or positive about Tony? I, no. I don't even know if he came up. Yeah, maybe so. it was Maybe it's the strategy angle and that it was just a lot of chatter and the the... The immunity challenge wasn't until later in the episode because he also yeah. tweeted, "Yo, Tony's change of tone, smiling, crying face, smiling, <laughs> crying face, smiling, crying face." So it, it seems like he likes Tony, but I, I was just curious because I think he's the only Survivor player I follow, and uh, I was confused because I was I was enjoying the episode. This one definitely had the most strategy we've seen in a Survivor episode in a while, um, yeah. like this season. So, maybe but they're playing maybe... the game now, isn't that's probably that's right. Probably yeah. how it happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, before we wrap this up, MVP of the episode. Who wants to get us started? Who are you giving an MVP to to this one? It's, I guess, is it Tony? Is, is, everybody is anyone Tony? not picking Tony? Yeah, I mean, it, it no. has to be Tony. It has to be Tony. I think he played it perfectly from the start. Back-to-back immunity wins. And then at the end, and, and Tribal Council, he was uh, maneuvering as well then. So. Okay, well, then here, the follow-up question is, has Tony done too much too soon? Like, is this going to blow up in his face? And like Kim has sort of said, um, and like some others out there have said, like, oh, my God, now he's winning immunities, and he's making all these big moves, and he's double agent, and he's flip-flopping, and he's Tony for f- crying out loud. He doesn't even have a vote against him. He's going to win this thing. Let's get rid of him now. Oh, he's the he's really the Golden State Warriors right now. <laughs> Ethan Sherwood-Strauss is going to write a book on Tony pronto. <laughs> the victory uh, machine. Uh, well, I, I, don't, I think it's perfect timing for him. There's only eight people left. I don't mm-hmm. think it's too early. He also has an idol in his pocket. He still has an alliance, even though he's been a double agent. The only move I didn't like, and, and it pales in comparison to the move that the jury is has to look at as the biggest move of the game thus far. They have to be admiring what he did. The only thing I didn't like, and this is just editing, but after Sophie skulked away and walked away, he giggled to himself during tribal council. <laughs> he laughed. He like, turned to himself like he was five years old and someone farted. And that you, you just can't do that. I mean, you made a great move, and I'm not sure where it was in the edit that they, they just found it and placed it there perfectly, but not a good look if anybody else is... Saw it, but I doubt it. He's in the back row, so it's probably just for the uh, for us to hate him a little bit. And I'm giving my MVP to JD because his keyboard went out before the show, uh, but it just went to edge of extinction and came back. Oh, it won its way back. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, t- uh, Tass painted a, a great picture with, uh, earlier in the show when he was talking about Kim talking about Tony and how she's realized there's a killer among us and he's the guy, he's the biggest threat in the game, which he is. And uh, it's it's it was sort of like watching a horror movie, at, but from the killer's perspective, this whole episode where mm-hmm. it's just this guy is running amok and he is unstoppable. And if he didn't have an immunity idol in his back pocket... I would say that he was probably going home next week, but, right, uh, right. you know, I mean, you can't count him out at this point. Yeah, he's got an immunity idol, and it seems like he's got an incredible read on where everybody's alliances are so far in Survivor. Um, but, you know, as soon as he doesn't win an actual immunity challenge, everything is up for grabs, and maybe they're able to pull one over his eyes, and I don't know, I mean... I don't think it was a coincidence that he wanted to keep Jeremy around. We know that Tony and Jeremy like to keep meat shields around. It seems like Ben is into that, too. Uh, So those three guys, I think, are kind of always going to be in the crosshairs, at least until one of them is gone. But, I mean, Tony finding an idol, that's that's tough. Yeah. There's eight people left, like we said. Someone is coming back into the game, though. Yeah. So there's, in theory, nine people still left. And there are three episodes remaining. Oh. So the, episodes. So we should be somebody's coming back next week then, yes? I sort of have to think so, yeah. Crazy. Unless yeah, I mean I'm trying to remember when um Chris came back and, and ultimately won. He came back really late, JD. I mean it may have been the second last episode right. when I think about it. Yeah. But uh like yeah, we are we got just so many people left for only three episodes. Uh and I know the last one is like uh overall like a three hour season finale, so it's like a double episode, but Maybe we get, um, if it's not next week or the week after, two people voted out? Because I can't see them heading into the final with seven people remaining. Yeah. <laughs> that seems insane, but maybe Chris maybe came back on day 35. Wow. Okay. Which so is that really late. Probably be the second last episode, Yeah, right? it seems like it. Yeah. So, yeah. We will see. And then, um, yeah, someone, I, I, I guess Parvati, if she gets three of those fire tokens, like if they split it, her and Natalie, the six of them, Parvati got a ton from the Michelle thing, right? She did, so but she spent like, it on she spent something on peanut butter or oh, food, right? Right, right, right. She did, she did. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Fire tokens, man, tough to keep track of. <laughs> Who's got them? What are you using them on? What do they even mean? What will they do? We will find out. Get your questions in for next week's No Buffs episode. Email them in. No dunks at theathletic.com. Make sure you throw Survivor in the subject. Coming up on Friday tomorrow. We're reviewing the Ben Affleck basketball movie, The Way Back, for a brand new episode of Film Session. Has anybody watched this yet? I watched it. I started to. Yeah, it was a fair. Yeah, it was a, you know, I mean, is it going to go in the pantheon of basketball movies? I don't know about that, but I enjoyed it. Um, I will say this, spoiler alert, better than Coach Carter. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lee, you started? Yeah, I started. Yeah, I'm about 40 minutes into it. So, uh, must have been a great movie. Just turn it off. Uh, well, it's more about just, you know, I didn't really want to sit through the whole thing last night. I wanted to get a bit of a taste for it to see what sort of mood I'd need to be in to finish it off. And yeah, so far, so good. Wow. <laughs> do you do this with uh, other movies? Uh, with, uh, with most movies that we watch, except for Air Bud, yeah. Yeah, because because I mean, uncut gems. I couldn't sit through the whole thing in one sitting. It was I was just exhausted after about the first forty five minutes. So what the hell? But are you're you saying Air Bud is the one that just kept you glued to the screen? No, it was like all right, I can sit through this. You know, like the other the, the uncut gems was just like, oh man, I need a break. Like it's just so intense. I, I needed to calm down a little bit. But hi, yeah. I'm uh, I'm Jeff Probst. Uh, Lee, tell me something uh, about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I like to watch a movie for about 30, 40 minutes, then I just stop it, see what type of mood I need to be in to finish. <laughs> Lee, You're it's on. crazy. Tell me about your movie watching strategy. It sounds amazing. <laughs> Jeff Brooks Spiels could be from season four, season five, yeah. season six, season seven. You just interject them anywhere. I think I've got a professional crush on Jeff Probst. I think he's great. <laughs> All right. Get in line, man. Get in line. <laughs> uh, Tass, JD, have you started the way back? I haven't yet. So. Well, I haven't started it simply because I didn't have a, a segment of time that I could sit through the whole thing because that's how you watch movies. You watch them from <laughs> beginning to end, and that's, that's how I enjoy them. Lee will only watch Air Bud in its entirety or anything on a plane because yeah. he's a or captive audience. Yeah. Hey, I watched I watched. Parasite all the way through, JD. When we when I watched that a few weeks ago, oh uh, yeah, and yeah. and you liked it. I, I did, yeah, but I was also exhausted after that one too. I mean, <laughs> exhausted. Whoa. Oh my whoa. god. 
emotionally exhausted. It's yeah. emotionally I mean, it's, exhausting. It's yeah. fair. All right, guys. The way back. That is Friday's film session. So do your homework and watch that Ben Affleck movie with us. Until then, the tribe has spoken.